trainees at Frimley Park Hospital and I'm currently doing acute medicine as part of my six-month rotation. Fantastic and this year you applied and how did you get on in your application and where are you planning to be working this year? So I applied for cardiology SD4 as, as you know and uh, I'll be starting at Royal Berkshire Hospital in the Thames Valley Deanery and then that's still under the Defence Deanery and so I'm being sponsored by the military to then do my training. So I did my surgical medical rotations there and then I took a year out as part of all the military trainees have to do that and spent a year in on an RAF station, essentially working with the GP to learn how you deliver healthcare and to military um, personnel. Okay. And then after that I came back to, I applied for IMT training and then started up Frimley again. So to be honest, I haven't worked anywhere else since but, graduating. But you know Frimley really well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been there for five years now. <laughs> wow. Well, a massive congratulations on getting the job. And if anyone does hear uh, a baby in the background, he's uh, very, very recently, last week or two, become a, uh, a dad. And that's baby number two now, actually. And sporting a very lovely daddy shark t-shirt for anyone who's listening. To <laughs> so why don't you tell us, uh, Charles, a bit about mm. how you felt. Uh, let's talk about the application process. So yeah. working up towards applying and the shortlist score. When did you start, when did you first know, or when did you start thinking about cardiology was the one that you were going to go for? And then how did you particularly, is there anything particularly you used to prepare for, get your application, your paper application in order, uh, or anything you wish you'd done, but more of? For... Okay, so prior to the application itself, so, I mean, I knew I wanted to do cardiology well back, even in medical school. And so I had joined with a couple of friends to do the, uh, to set up the British Undergraduate Cardiovascular Association. So that's when I got a bit more exposure to it. And then that sort of solidified my interest in it. In F1 and F2, I sort of played with the idea again of, and I had a look at other things like anesthetics and ITU. But again, as a military trainee, you have to be really focused in what your what job you want, because you need to speak to the bosses who are planning 10 years ahead. Um, I had early discussions with my consultant advisor who said, yeah, if that's what I want to do, then I need to demonstrate it and then benchmark it. So at IMT application, what I did was I looked at the cardiology specification and made sure all the, well, especially at um, F2 applying for IMT after the military year, I looked at the cardiology specification and then made sure everything I had in IMT was also valid. Yes. So the making sure I had an audit cycle, which was still, which I'd done the first and second cycle out of it and making sure every single point on the application system, I had something to match for it. And I think that was one of the early lessons I learned was that as much as showing dedication to cardiology, if you haven't got that much time and being a dad at that time of one with COVID and everything else your time had to be really targeted so there's one way of showing dedication to the specialty but I think for when it comes to the application what helped me really was just making sure and that advice was really echoed by you guys as well was making sure everything you did made sense and everything you did translated to either a point or to a specific achievement that you wanted to demonstrate or when it came to the interview as well 
and that made me focus my energy and time efficiently actually especially with regards to having a baby as well yeah and then when it came to the application itself I think there was a lot of advice from different registrars from different years so it was quite hard to pull it all together in a succinct way and so coming onto your course was really really helpful it completely changed my approach to the interview itself because beforehand I knew based on the pre-application scores that I was going to get an interview based on that. So I wasn't too worried about getting the interview, but actually I wasn't that prepared for the interview at all. And again, the advice from the consultants were not that targeted and not that relevant. Looking back at the interview itself, everything that came up, I think I would have really stumbled upon if I hadn't attended your, your courses. So that was really, really helpful. And I think in particular, it's about making sure you've got enough time to get your points across in the interview. The, it's so short, 10 minutes is not enough at all. Exactly, isn't it? It really isn't enough. And even when it came to the clinical scenario, you've got a scenario given to you and you've got all the things you want to say and they ask you one or two few questions and then that's it, <laughs> you're, you're left. <laughs> wishing you had more this year in particular there was the ethical sorry the medical registration yeah. which was new but again your course was really helpful actually because it put it into framework and context of what was actually being asked or what we needed to see rather than demonstrating that we can manage a clinical scenario yeah. and also looking more beyond your clinical capacity but more your leadership or your ability to function as a medical registrar and I think that was really helpful to have in the back of my mind when I was answering the questions in the interview so overall I mean prior to um, just to sort of summarize what I've said so I knew I wanted to do cardiology before I applied well in medical school and in F1 and F2 so I targeted all my efforts specifically for the person specifications I still did all the other things I was interested in still played sports and still did all the non-cardiology stuff but when it came to the interview I made sure that every point and for the application I made sure every point was answered and if I couldn't answer it then I would just realign my efforts to something else and didn't sort of spend more time grinding onto it and then for the application I still think it's worth going through the interview practice with you guys if people have time it's it's the best way they can invest money-wise time-wise preparation-wise and to take the interview almost as an exam I know quite a few colleagues who didn't really do well in the pre-interview stage and did really well in the interview and it's just changed the interview counts for so much yeah I think looking back thankfully I mean I, I, I benchmarked well above what I, was, I needed and got the job but actually if I wasn't if I was good to do it again I think I would take the interview almost as an exam in itself and really prepare myself for each station to ensure that I didn't sell myself short yeah and what can sometimes happen when the time is so short that you can lose track of it and before you know it the interview is over yeah uh, but yeah so that's my experience of it in a nutshell-ish sort of way no that's incredibly useful I think that's a, a point that's been echoed by a few people in that it is you know it's incredibly difficult the, like the portfolio station is only 10 minutes and to mm. answer their questions about where cardiology might be in 10 years time and one or two yeah. other questions as well as getting across Absolutely. The stellar points about why you're so great in the other part of that 10 minutes is incredibly difficult. And you're going to have to drop stuff and not say everything. So you have to yeah. really, really plan how you're going to 
talk about yourself in a non-braggy way, but yeah. hitting all the person specification and still coming across like a genuine person that they want to they want to work with them. It's, it's you're trying to achieve so many different things in such a short amount of time. I think um, one advice I would definitely give everyone is the make sure your phone is not connected to your laptop in a way that you can still receive phone calls after turning your phone on because <laughs> that was what happened in my clinical scenario where I lost a few times, I lost my thoughts completely when my mum tried to call me to wish me good luck <laughs> um, and that was not great actually. Did you, tell, yeah. did you tell the interviews that was just mum calling to wish me good luck? No, so you... essentially, it was, um, I recognised the number and I was like, why is my mother calling me? <laughs> obviously, I said it during the day. <laughs> Answer the question. And then, so I waffled a bit. Then they were like, okay, just start again in the time you've got out. And, <laughs> and so that, that wasn't great. <laughs> so that's the only thing I would advise people to also add in as well, to make sure everything is completely secure. Yeah. and yeah you don't because you've got very limited time to catch up if yeah. you do that's true I think I think that's one part that I think obviously people now are getting more and more used to the Zoom or mm. Teams interview but there are still so many things that can be optimized for that like when we're going through in our course like disabling all your emails disabling any kind of notifications or apps that could pop up if you're on your uh, laptop or that's uh, not phone I thought I turned the phone off and that would be it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, these, these, these things happen. But yeah, the, the online, the fact that the interview is online does work better for some people who prepare particularly for that and come across well or better than others on a on a Zoom call. And for others who do very well in the face-to-face setting, they need to work particularly hard to make sure they still have that advantage. So it's, um, it's, it, it's a new thing. I think it is here to stay the online interviews I think for the consultants having spoken to them it's just so much easier for them rather than having to all meet up at Stuart House in Houston it's not UCL I think we always have a right all all the interviews are normally there and I think the IMT interviews you might might remember they were there as well but yeah so rather than everyone having to get to one central location and be there at exactly the same time it's just makes stuff available at this time on your computer so I I can't see it going back anytime soon Definitely. I think, it's, I mean, in the feedbacks um, that we gave them, I think most most people said, actually, it was really it was really helpful to not be able to or to be able to actually do your interview at the, you know, in your home and everything else, not traveling, worried about hotels and everything else. Yeah. Um, so and yeah. It's, in some ways, it is in I think one thing that is easier, like I remember a lot of the prep for the interview. Mm. I mean, I say in my day, it was only four years ago but you know the the folder that you had to get ready oh yes I still have my YMT (laughs) YMT, yeah I mean that folder and then I remember like you go to the interview and you see some other people's folders and they're you know twice or thrice as thick thick as yours you're thinking gosh one person I remember had like um, a almost like a trolley with him had like two two textbooks obviously you must have written chapters for you thinking I'm, I'm, I'm really up against it here um, actually, I mean, that's a fair point, actually, because that also ties in with the application now, especially it being online. I found there wasn't any room to do more. Yeah. Um, it was just, you know, your evidence for this amount of points, your evidence for X amount, and that was it. There was yeah. no room to then add more and more certificates or anything else. 
So you really, it is really what you need when it comes to the application and the interview. I think it's just making sure you approach them as two separate entities and do exactly what you need for each one of them. And then anything else you do out of interest is just me come up at some point during the interview. But I found it was really not exhaustive. <laughs> you couldn't. No, you're right. And I think, I think your advice about the, like making sure whatever you do cancel some points is so useful because if you can take a, a quip and present it locally, present it nationally and write it up and somewhere accepts it. I mean, you've ticked off so many of the points on the, the scoring matrix, just with that one project. One project done well is much better than four projects done <laughs> averagely. And the one and the four projects done averagely will definitely take you more time than at one project done well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I didn't appreciate, because I normally usually say yes to everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I read myself really thin. Um, but I think, I mean, that advice also came from one of your sessions, actually, not the interview one, the pre-interview one. Yeah. About making sure if you've got, you know, rather than doing a teaching course, for example, which is going to cost you a lot of money if you don't have that much time, why not do equipping this, you know, do one or two cycles, two cycles within that same time, but you'll be able to then get the same points elsewhere. Yeah. And that, again, is really helpful to just refocus your mind again. That you're not trying to demonstrate you can do everything it's just the best you can in what's given to you at that time yeah no one's gonna get full marks just by getting you the bang for the buck i suppose yeah well great charles and any, anything else i mean i think you've gone through gone through quite quite a lot but is there any any else any other specific things you found in the interview or i think any... the the only thing i've um the MRCP, because I do I sit on the RCP committee at the mm. moment. I'm not sure whether this has been fully published yet or not. So, but the MRCP will now count. Yes, that that that, that has yeah. been, and we'll go through that next. Okay. In the okay. Uh, workshop, but yeah, the the scoring matrix for the pre-application form for, for the application form has changed. Like you prepare for these things, not just in a six months beforehand, but you've been preparing for it for like. You know, a few years you, you know roughly what you need to be doing and where your where your where your gaps are and if the goalposts change late on it's like I mean, yeah, <laughs> these, aren't, these aren't easy things you just get in a month or two and i think that's one of the um on reflection is the fact that the interview because it counts for so much you can if you're not well prepared a good candidate can still really screw up yeah uh, so you could be you could have dedicated so much of your time to preparing yourself to be a good trainee but if you don't get the interview right that few 10 minutes five minutes can completely take you take you down actually yeah well, well just i mean i was, I was aging before like just this morning so i was talking mm -hmm. to one person who didn't get a job last year and has now got full marks in the interview and scored but like, ranked eighth in the country and that's purely because did so much better at interview his actual pre yeah. didn't really change too much so he's definitely not a better doctor than necessarily <laughs> a better doctor than last year but he you know his rankings climbed over 200 places oh, uh, and someone again someone again we uh i did one of these podcasts with, uh, yesterday this is his third time applying he was unappointable then appointable but no job and then this year he's got his top choice job it's again oh, just it's just the it's just the interview practice. It is eight yeah. percent of the marks, and if you if you can nail the interview and you take it seriously, like you take MRCP seriously and paces, yeah. you get. I think job. that that's what that's definitely what I would advise, and I would echo from what on reflection actually that you cannot 
take it for granted. The interview means so much and it just it doesn't take that much to prepare for it, but just making sure you're prepared for it and then also speaking to other people, getting other people who've been through the process to actually watch and hear what you're saying yeah. is so important. It yeah. really is. And it made all the difference. Even with our registrar cohort, everyone who got their job did well in the interview. No matter how good their score before or after were, I mean, I know one respiratory guy who did incredibly well pre-application and his interview didn't go that well. And that was it. He's, he's having to now find an, another year of jobs. It's, yeah, it's really difficult for them to objectively assess you in such a short period of time. Yeah. So they only do what they, they can do, yeah. And so you need to just give them as much opportunity to just say yes, <laughs> just go around. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, Charles, that has been incredibly useful. Thanks very much for giving it time. <laughs> no, the time. <laughs> yeah. Thank you.